Today we're exploring the trends in aging, and we've brought back a frequent guest of our program, Rhonda Latre. We're discussing the area of caregiving in our next segment. Of course, sometimes we refer to this as the sandwich generation, Rhonda. Oh, yes, the sandwich generation. Uh, That's where you have one generation that is sandwiched between two other generations. So, for instance, you may have an adult child who's also responsible for looking after their parents as well as their children. And you know, Sherry, you probably even heard about the double-decker sandwich. And that's where you have two generations up or two generations down so that an adult child may be responsible for a parent and a grandparent as well as uh, their own children. Or they may be responsible for looking after their parents their children, and their grandchildren. The thing I found most noteworthy about this particular study, Rhonda, was the time spent. Yes, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, in most women in Canada can expect to spend, oh, about 17 years in child-rearing. But I imagine that most women in Canada are not prepared to spend an additional 18 years in caregiving. An area not well understood. No. And, you know, I know when people first hear that statistic, Sherry, they think, 18 years, where does that come from? That's not, that's not accurate. But if we think about it a bit, we're going to end up caregiving most likely for our parents for an average two, three to five years. It's not unlikely that, you know, we're still outliving men by a good seven years. So a good number of us are going to be responsible for caregiving for our spouses. And then what about our brothers and sisters? And, you know, it's also, this is an area that I find really quite interesting. Believe it or not, there are quite a few people who end up caregiving for their ex-spouses as well. It is a new phenomenon in society as we're more harmonious when we exit relationships today. And sometimes, you know, there, there are adult children who end up having to caregive for a parent that was quite abusive to them throughout their lifetime. And there's an interesting dynamic that has to be you know, appreciated as well. Now, what about the role of the caregiver? Is it frequently the female in the family? Yes, but, you know, that's changing as well. A good 40% of caregivers are men, and I think as caregiving becomes more understood and talked about in our society, we're recognizing that we all have a role to play. And we really encourage families to enter into the conversation now before the crisis happens. I mean, you know, we all dread that, that phone call that happens in, typically in the middle of the night, and you have to just drop everything and get some immediate planning done. You know, caregiving is, is often the area where you rarely have an opportunity to plan. It's not a job that uh, you'd intended necessarily. None of us are walking around with uh, free time in our, in our life right now where we can say, well, let's just slot in some caregiving here. It's often in reaction to a particular crisis. Not the best time to do some family planning, is it? Not really. Now, can you share with us what the profile of a caregiver classically would be in Canada? Well, actually, Dr. Janet Fast from the University of Alberta has, has conducted some outstanding research in this area. And what she found was that most caregivers in Canada are middle-aged women. They're employed full-time. They're caring for more than one person, caring often for more than two years. Typically, they're not living with the person for whom they're caring for. And again, think of some of the implications that has for trying to manage one household 
where you're ensuring that care is provided in another household. And often they may or may not be the primary caregiver. So obviously it's a very prevalent issue in Canada, and I know you know the statistics here of how many of us are caregivers in the present. Yes, and also some of the financial costs of caregiving. And I think we we often underestimate the overall impact. You know, what we find is that uh, with Dr. Fast's research, that a lot of families spend an average of $30,000 just in out-of-pocket expenses uh, when they're involved in caregiving. Really quite an important responsibility. Now, how many of us are impacted by this in Canada? How many of us are actually caregivers, Rhonda? Well, it's estimated that one in five Canadians over the age of 45 are providing some level of care. And, and Sherry, here's something really compelling. Do you know that 6% of people over 75 are caregiving right now? So we have seniors looking after seniors. And I think this is a really important facet to elder care is it's assumed that it is the young taking care of the elderly when in often cases it's elderly taking care of the other elderly. That's correct. And when you think about some of the age-related you know, health challenges that they're experiencing, some of the costs of caregiving, you know, it's an area we really have to look at. Now, we want to talk about and explore the area of guilt as a caregiver. It's a really important topic. It sure is. You know, if you talk to caregivers, you're going to find that probably the, the most prevalent emotion that caregivers feel is guilt. You know, no matter how much you do, you always have this nagging feeling at the back of your head that it's never enough. You know, it's that you're running as fast as you can, involved with caregiving, trying to manage your own life, and all you can think about is ways in which you, you would like to do it better. And I think this is a very common emotional impact on the family members and even between spouses that are caring for one another. Absolutely. You know, I remember I was thinking about uh, the, the issue of guilt myself, and I know when, when I was involved in caregiving with my own parents when they, when they were alive, after my mom passed away, we were looking after my dad, and he was settled in his own home. And typically, I'd spend most weekends looking after him, and I would call him almost every single day. And I was working uh, at the Forensic Commission at the time, and it was a pretty demanding job, putting in a minimum of 10 hours a day. And sometimes I'd get home and be pretty tired, but most days I'd call him. Well, Sherry, if I'd miss one day, the conversation was typical. I'd call my dad maybe the next day, and if I'd even miss one day, he would say to me, Hello, and to whom am I speaking? Do I know you? (laughs) And it was his attempt to be funny, but it really wasn't. It was his way of saying, you didn't call me, and I'm angry, and I'm going to make you feel badly about it. And, of course, I can laugh about it now, Sherry, and my brothers and I would laugh about when Dad would do that. But at the time, I didn't laugh because at the time, all I was consumed with was thinking about how I wasn't doing a good enough job and I wasn't a good enough daughter. And I think this is really important to understand because we can become ill ourselves if we're not taking appropriate balance and respite while we are a caretaker. Do you know there are actually, and I don't have the the numbers with me right now, I'll have to look that up again for you, but uh, there's some pretty scary statistics out there about how some caregivers can actually pass away before the people they're caring for when they don't look after themselves. And, you know, it's so easy for us to say to a caregiver, and I know a lot of people said it to me, and, gosh, I'm, I'm afraid I probably have even said it to other people when you say, well, make sure you take care of, care of your own self. And I remember looking at someone going, yeah, how? <laughs> 
But, you know, there are ways we can really help people. And I know at the time uh, there was a story, Sherry, where both of my parents ended up on life support at the same time and in two different hospitals. You know, what's the, the likelihood of that happening? And there was just some bug that coated my mom's lungs and prevented her lungs from being able to absorb oxygen, and she was rushed, rushed off on a ventilator to uh, an intensive care unit. And within a few days, my dad had the same thing, so he obviously came in contact with the same bug, and he was rushed to a different hospital, just where they had the bed available. And uh, I can remember at the time working a full-time job, rushing to one intensive care unit, then rushing to another intensive care unit, and I wasn't getting home until about midnight each night. And then calling family members, calling friends, giving them an update, getting up at 6 a.m. and doing it all over again. That's a really important point. And I think we can change an analogy that we'll often use in society where we say it takes a village to raise a child. We might want to reframe that and say it takes a village to care for an elder. Oh, that's beautiful, Sherry. That is so spot on. And, and you know, sometimes, too, as primary caregivers or, the, or as women typically in the family, we take on the primary role of caregiving, and we forget to just ask for help. Other family members are willing and interested in helping. They just don't know how. And I think it's important that the families do talk about how everybody can make a contribution, and it could even be that other family members make a contribution through, through finances, respite, giving them a day off you know, hiring some support so that the primary caregiver can get some rest. Wonderful creative ideas. Now, Rhonda, I know there is a book that you also refer people to on this particular topic. Would you mind, in closing, sharing that with us? Oh, yes. One of our faculty members, Dr. Amy Dupree, has written an outstanding book. It's called From Surviving to Thriving, Transforming Your Caregiving Journey. So uh, I would suggest that you contact us. And, uh, Sherry, I'll give you the information of how you can get the book. You can uh, go right to Amy's website, dramycaregiving.com. So dramycaregiving.com, and it's from Surviving to Thriving, Transforming Your Caregiving Journey. It's an outstanding book. Thank you, Rhonda. You're always a delight to bring on as a guest. You are so passionate about this area and so insightful. We do welcome you, if you do have questions about this particular topic, to our website. It's strongroom.ca. I'm Sherry McMillan. This is The Strong Room.